Support single tracks by buying a pro membership during our annual sale. Get $10 off your one-year membership or become a lifetime supporter for just $40. Offer ends April 1st, 2018, and thanks for your support. This episode of the Single Tracks podcast is sponsored by the Keweenaw Adventure Company. Book your Copper Harbor mountain bike trip and lodging today and use promo code SINGLETRACKS for a discount. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Greg and I are going to talk about some of the best places to ride your mountain bike in the central USA. By now, it's becoming sort of cliche to say that it's surprising to find great mountain bike trails in unassuming places. You know, Greg and I have been writing about mountain bike travel and mountain bike trails and destinations for a long time now, and it takes a lot for us to be surprised. There are great trails everywhere, which is what we've found, and this is especially true in the central USA. You know, somebody could spend an entire lifetime exploring the excellent single track that's located from Texas to Michigan. So today we're going to highlight many of the trails and destinations within that region that should not be missed. So sort of the middle of the U.S. is it's kind of a like nebulous region, you know, depending on where you're from or where you are. Some people might refer to this as like the Midwest or the central U.S., that's what we're calling it. But basically, we're including the following states. Arkansas, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas, and Wisconsin. Some people might quibble with whether some of these states are central or western or southeast or whatever they are, but this is what we're calling the central U.S. So, Let's kick it off by talking about some mountain bike destinations in this region of the USA. At the top of your list, Greg, a place you visited uh, last year, the year before, is Bentonville, Arkansas. So tell us a little bit about Bentonville. Yeah, Bentonville is a great spot. And we did an entire podcast on trail development in northwest Arkansas. So be sure to check that out. But this area has catapulted onto our radar as a destination, both for the central U.S., but for the nation as a whole, really. Like it's uh, turning into a really great place because they're investing a lot of money to build mountain bike trails in northwest Arkansas and they're turning out hundreds of miles of trails in that region and they're not done anytime soon. When I say they are investing, uh, that is the Walton Family Foundation has been really spearheading this and I did an article about a year ago now on it and at that time they had invested $13 million in building just mountain biking or soft surface mountain bike and multi-use trails in Arkansas. But then a lot of the local governments then match that money. So there's a lot of money being poured in there and it shows like there's some really great trails there. Yeah. And it's, it's a true destination. You know, we saw Emba host their world summit there a year or two ago and uh, Emba is hosting another summit, a women's mountain bike summit there uh, in March this year. So Definitely a destination that people are recognizing and people are traveling there and spending time for sure. And what I also find interesting about Bentonville is that the whole thing is not necessarily like a concerted effort to draw tourists or to, you know, really build a mountain bike destination. You know, it seems like the foremost goal is to make Bentonville rad for the people who live there, you know, and like you said, the Walton Family Foundation is active there because that's the headquarters of Walmart. And, you know, Walmart is trying to attract young professional employees and mountain bike trails are a good way to do that. So again, yeah, it's really interesting that it's not just like, hey, we want a bunch of tourists. It's really, a lot of ways, it's for the people of Bentonville. And yet it's, it's the single track is so great uh, that people are willing to travel and spend some time there. Yeah, when I talked to the Walton Family Foundation, they sort of hit on both of those points. Like, yeah, the keeping and attracting talent to the area is a primary portion of that, but they're focused on um, drawing tourism. Like the Family Foundation, the Walton Family Foundation is helping sponsor a lot of these events and bring in these people. And by doing so, they hope that the tourists then get the word out and it spreads by word of mouth. So then the people come and move there. So they see them as being sort of like two sides of the same coin, which is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You're, you're building ambassadors for your community, 
when, yeah, it's a tourist destination. So very cool, very different from what a lot of other towns are doing. Another one on our list is Marquette, Michigan. And Greg, tell us, tell us about Marquette. What's the deal up there? So from what I understand, there's basically single track spread all around the town of Marquette and several different trail systems. But based on the maps I've examined, they all seem to sort of run together into this big old network. But we most often hear about the riding Marquette in the winter, it seems. Uh, granted, winter is really long in the upper peninsula of Michigan, but they groom a ton of miles of single track fat biking trails in what they call the uh, NTN Trail Network, which stands for a word I can't pronounce, so that's why they abbreviate it. And exactly how many miles of fat biking trails they groom, it seems like that changes and grows every winter, so it's a heck of a lot right now. Uh, we recently posted a film on single tracks called Whack Jobs. That's actually, I found it fascinating. It focuses on all the efforts that go into grooming trails for fat biking in the Marquette area. So great destination both in the summer and in the winter. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Marquette as well. One recent article we had on single tracks was about the Margie Jessic or Gessick race that is held in Marquette each year. And uh, I believe the title was like the the best race you've never heard of or something like that. Um, because it, it's truly epic. You know, it's a huge ride that covers a lot of the single track there in Marquette. And again, you know, with events like that, that definitely makes Marquette a real destination, you know, where people are going and spending the night and spending a long time riding their bikes on the trails. So it's really cool to see another place in that area of the country that is getting a lot of press these days as a mountain bike destination is Duluth, Minnesota. Greg, have you been to Duluth? What do you know about the riding there? I've been to Duluth, but I still haven't ridden my mountain bike there. So that's on the to-do list. But from what I understand in some articles we published on single tracks, there's a bunch of great trail systems in and around Duluth already. Some of the top ones are Brewer Park and Piedmont. Uh, but the local advocacy group COGS is working to connect all these various parks together with single track to create a 100 plus mile contiguous route through the region, which they're calling the Duluth Traverse. And they haven't updated the page on their website for the Traverse since late 2016, but it's something they've been working on for a long time and uh, seems to be coming together for them. But there's also other stuff in the region, um, like Spirit Mountain, which we'll talk about a little bit later, which is has one of the only places, one of the few places, I should say, that you can downhill mountain bike in the Midwest, So, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us think of the Midwest as being really flat and not having a whole lot of elevation or terrain to work with, but Duluth is fairly unique, I guess, for that part of the country where uh, they've got like, what would you call it? It's like a cliff or a plateau or something where the town is located, and so they're able to build a lot of trails with, with some good elevation there. Yeah, and Duluth area is called the Twin Harbors. So the other twin to that is Superior on the Wisconsin side, and those are both on the shores of Lake Superior, which is you know big old uh, Great Lake uh, up there. And as a result, the shore rises up from the lake pretty drastically. So you've got um, not like a huge amount of elevation, but I should look it up. I want to say about a thousand feet of elevation um, in a, a short steep ridge line there and that sort of runs along the lake and through the town and then over to spirit which is uh, you can see that across the lake if you're in nearby superior at night during the ski season so they make a lot out of that elevation that they have to work with yeah another thing that i find really fascinating is that a lot of these places like minnesota and michigan and wisconsin you know there's a real tradition of these like what they call silent sports so like cross-country skiing and and biking and stuff and a lot of those were centered around like winter sports in the past but with fat biking becoming more popular they really embraced that like year-round sort of silent sport recreation and getting out on bikes and building trails and stuff so it's really cool to see uh, how that's really taken off how they've that region in general, has taken to mountain biking and developed it so much. Honestly, we had sort of a hard time categorizing places as, are they destinations or are they like a two-day weekend sort of place to visit? So what we're going to do next is go through a bunch of really well-known trail systems. 
Let's kick it off with Copper Harbor, Michigan. I know this is a place a lot of people mention as a destination because it is, it's really remote. So it's not like you could just like go ride there for the day and then drive home to somewhere else. Like it's a commitment to get up there, but the trails from what I've heard are really amazing. What have you heard about Copper Harbor, Greg? Yeah, I've only heard good things as well. And pretty much all the trails there have been built by professional trail builders, um, some of whom live in the area. So, you know, we're not talking about hand scratch like volunteer trails. We're talking about some really big built up trails. And some of them have big technical features like um, I've seen photos of massive ladder drops, gaps, like big wooden berms, you know, big flow trails. Again, there's not a ton of elevation to be had up there, but there's like roughly around a thousand feet of elevation to work with. So they make the most out of it, which is pretty cool. And the thing I find interesting about Copper Harbor is they don't necessarily have like a ton of miles of trails. Like last count was like 25 to 35, like right in that region, which for most people, maybe you could possibly do that in a day, right? But the more features and the more interesting stuff that you build in your trails, I think that increases the re-rideability of them. So people I've talked to that have gone up there, they might session like the same downhill trail like all day long and get a little bit better each time. So the quality of the build is, I think, the big story there. Yeah, definitely quality over quantity when it comes to Copper Harbor. Because yeah, I've heard the same things. So another one we hear a lot about that neither of us have visited, but it's definitely on our to-do list is Brown County in Indiana. And there's a lot of trail there at Brown County, right, Greg? Yeah. Last count, I've heard around 30 miles, maybe more of bike optimized single track in that state park. And one thing that I think draws a lot of people to this spot is that there's camping right there uh, in the state park. So again, this is one of those trail systems that blurs the lines between the trail system, mini destination. You know, a lot of these, um, including Brown County and Copper Harbor are ones I included on a list that I call top 10 weekend getaways because it's sort of like a weekend type destination. You might not spend a week at Brown County, but yeah, you could totally set up camp and ride those trails all weekend long. Another great trail system that we've been hearing a lot about over the last couple of years is a place called Griffin Bike Park. And this is a bike park that was set up to honor a guy named Dale Griffin, who was a army sergeant who was killed in the line of duty in Afghanistan and his family and along with the local community came together to build this bike park because Dale was a big mountain biker. He enjoyed doing that with his family. And so they built this place in Indiana of all places where again, there's not a lot of reputation for that being like a premier mountain bike destination, but They've done some amazing things there. Um, I've seen pictures and, you know, read all kinds of stuff, seen videos of the place, but they're like pump track and there's like massive jump lines and they even have a ramp sort of jump line set up in t- to lead into a lake so you can practice your jumps and, you know, land in a nice, cool, soft surface. There's also single track there. So they keep expanding the place. Uh, the bike park just keeps winning awards for all the work that they're doing there and definitely sounds like a true destination. And it's located near Terre Haute, Indiana. So it's definitely a, a great asset for that part of the country. I think for the opening, like the ribbon cutting, they had Mike Pence out there, the current vice president, while he was governor of Indiana. So definitely a big, well-known place to check out there. All right, another destination type place is Cuyuna Lakes, Minnesota. Is is there actually a trail system there named Cuyuna Lakes or is it is it named after the town, Greg? Do you know? I think the Cuyuna Lakes is the name of the trail system and I want to say the town is Ironton. There's a bunch of lakes there and from my understanding, a lot of these lakes are a result of old mining operations. So there's mining, there's excavation, and now there's tailing piles next to these old open mines that are filled in with water. So you've got all these lakes, tailing piles, and then they decided to build mountain bike trails around the lakes and on the piles. The quality, again, of these trails is supposed to be like off the charts. It's actually one of the newer trail systems in the region, but they have 25 miles of professionally built trails. And again, the quality of the build 
has made it become an instant sort of destination and pretty pretty well known nationwide now. They have roughly 25 miles of trails right now, but they recently got approval to expand that number to 75. That probably qualifies destination right there, right, Jeff? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I can't ride 75 miles of single track in a day. I don't think many people can. You mentioned earlier Bentonville, Arkansas. What are some specific trails or trail systems that are worth checking out in Bentonville? Yeah, there are two key ones that really have it all, and you can do just about everything you want to do. One of them is the Greater Slaughter Pen area, which is right in Bentonville. And sort of how you define what Slaughter Pen is is slightly nebulous. Like there's a a bike park at Slaughter Pen with big jumps, tabletops, big drops and berms, but there are trails all around it with some gravity flow trails. Uh, But that's right next to a greenway and sort of spread all along the greenway are all kinds of single track with some old school stuff, some newer school beginner friendly trails. So that whole zone is, you can do just about any type of mountain bike you want right there, which is pretty rad. Nice. And another one that I know you've talked about before and written about is Upper Buffalo Headwaters. That's, that one's more of like a backcountry feel, right? You know, it's pretty interesting. Like it's definitely a backcountry feel because it's out in the middle of nowhere. So Bentonville is like roughly two to three hours from Upper Buffalo Headwaters, but there's not much else that's closer. Like it's way out there. But the trails there, there are some there are old school, technical, rocky, steep But some of the trails are actually like machine built and sort of flowy. But again, they're sort of in the middle of absolutely nowhere. So it's like there's a bit newer school ride feel, but you feel totally isolated. So it's a pretty unique situation. And last count, there's roughly 35 miles of single track there, maybe more. Nice. And yeah, that's just one trail system or one sort of area of Bentonville, which is really impressive. Moving up within the central USA to Wisconsin uh, is the Canva trail system. And that's a place I had a chance to visit a couple years ago. I spent two or three days up there. Uh, so I, I don't know, I would classify that as a destination. I know it's a big summer destination for a lot of people who live in that part of the country, but Canva stands for the Schwamigan area mountain bike association. And the trail system or the sort of series of trails that are up there are named after the group uh, who builds and maintains them. And there, I don't even know how much single track there is up there. It's probably close to a hundred miles. Um, it's not all connected. There are different sort of zones of trail that are out there, but it's all, you know, really remote and backwoods feel to the trail systems. Um, there's not a whole lot of like technical riding there at all. It's definitely a cross country riders paradise, but yeah, there's just, there's a ton to explore there. And, you know, again, it's not, it's not like a traditional destination, you know, there are like some cool, like family resort type places to stay, but there's honestly not a whole lot out there, but definitely worth going up. And there are a bunch of like big races that are held up there each year throughout the year. So fat biking is big in the area, but yeah, lots to do there. Lots of trails to check out. Greg, you grew up in Wisconsin. Are there other good places to ride in the state? Oh, for sure. Another well-known one is actually the trail system I learned to mountain bike at, and it's called Levis Mounds, and it's located a couple hours south of the Canva Trails. But this is a trail system that's been around for forever. I wrote an article about it, and it's one of the possibly one of the first trails that was built by mountain bikers for mountain bikers from the ground up, which is pretty cool. So um, as a result, there's lots of old school sort of technical XC type trails with like lots of rocks and challenging bits. Um, it's pretty well known around the state as being one of the most challenging trails. And not all the trails are super challenging, but some of the ones that go up and down the mounds are, are pretty techy. So it keeps you on your toes, which is fun. And last count, there is somewhere uh, over 25 miles of trails there. So plenty to keep you going for maybe a weekend if you want to do some trails backwards and double up. Um, but they also do fat bike grooming there. I'm pretty sure almost every place in the Midwest does that um, just because winter is so long. But uh, So there's fat bike trails to be had if you want to head there this time of year. Nice. Moving on to Kansas, 
yes, there is mountain biking in Kansas. Again, like we said, don't be surprised when there's great trails in unexpected places because there are great trails everywhere. So Kansas, one of my favorite places. I've, I've only ridden a few places in Kansas, but Switchgrass is by far my favorite. And this is or was an Imba Epic. Not sure. Can't keep track of that stuff these days. But there are 20 or so miles of trails there. Uh, you can camp at the trails. And, you know, despite thinking that Kansas is going to be completely flat, there's actually some good elevation there at Switchgrass. You know, there's a reservoir and the shoreline sort of rises up from the reservoir and there's rocks and all kinds of stuff. There aren't a lot of trees because it is Kansas after all, but definitely some entertaining riding. I know for some people it's kind of polarizing. Some people feel kind of let down by the trails there, but the time I visited, I really enjoyed it. Greg, you rode switchgrass as well, didn't you? I did. We stopped over on a cross country road trip, but man, it was it was brutal when I was there. I hit it early in the morning and the temps still like hit ninety degrees like real quick midsummer. So I know people ride there I think all year round because this part of Kansas it tends to like snow and melt a little bit. So you you could ride these trails winter and great in the fall and in the spring. Um, some of our single tracks readers that are from Kansas, they do most of their biking in the winter, actually, because there's less poison ivy and overgrowth and um, super hot temperatures, So, which I find interesting. Yeah, good to know. Another nearby state, Missouri, has an Imba Epic, or again, maybe it's a former Imba Epic, uh, called Berryman. And there are 25 miles of trails at Berryman, uh, which is located in the Ozark Mountains, so sort of you know, South Missouri, um, on the border with Arkansas, definitely have heard a lot of good things about Berryman. Moving on to Ohio, Greg Mohican is a name that we've heard a lot from that state. What do you know about Mohican trails? Yeah, definitely want to shout out to our listeners in Ohio because there's still good mountain biking to be had in Ohio. Um, I don't honestly know a heck of a lot about Mohican. Uh, from what I've seen, it looks like there's around 25 miles of mostly flowy cross-country trails, but there's some rock gardens in there, some tight and twisty stuff through the trees, but a lot of Ohio locals rave about it. So I've put it on my hit list if I'm ever passing through that area for sure. Yeah, another place that I've heard a little bit about and seen pictures of and would really love to visit is South Dakota, Rapid City, which is sort of the Black Hills area. What's uh, one of the rides that you've heard of, Greg, that people should consider visiting in South Dakota? Yeah, right in that zone, the Victoria's Secret Loop is supposed to be pretty rad. Uh, I know Corey, one of our previous contributors, has ridden it and really enjoyed it. It's a rocky, pretty technical 10-mile loop with quite a bit of elevation because you're in the Black Hills. And you know, some places of the country, they might call those mountains. Um, there's a lot of elevation to be had there. And from what I understand, that's just sort of like one loop in that big network over there. So there's other stuff that connects that loop, other stuff to be ridden in that zone. Uh, what I find really interesting about all the riding in South Dakota is that while I haven't been there personally yet, I often hear whispered rumors like, oh, the riding's really good. But there's not often like, a ton of detail about what is so great about it. So I guess I got to get over there and check it out for myself. Yeah. What what interests me is all the pictures I see, it, it almost looks like, you know, the riding out west in Colorado, you know, again, not the same elevation, but, you know, a lot of like rocky dry trail and, you know, you see a lot of like the pine trees and stuff like it, it just feels like a western vibe. Uh, but yeah, in the central US, so maybe a little more accessible to people who live in that part of the country. Definitely on my list of places to check out. To be fair, like the Black Hills is sort of on the far western end of South Dakota. So that butts right up against uh, Wyoming and is like caddy corner to Colorado. So it's actually, you know, that's borderline west. It def depends where you draw your your line. So that's why there's tends to look similar to that. It's actually not too far from Colorado, but I still haven't made it up there yet. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah, then maybe that makes sense. It's cheating. That's basically what it's saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, there you go. We haven't mentioned anywhere in Texas yet, but 
there is a little bit of writing. What I find interesting about Texas is there just isn't, a, there doesn't seem to be a lot of public land in the state. And so for that reason, you don't see a lot of really big, epic mountain bike trail systems. Have you noticed that, Greg? Yeah, from what I've seen, like a lot of the more well-known trail systems are on private ranches, which I think is pretty fascinating. Um, you know, they've opened it up to mountain bikers, usually have to sign a form to say you won't sue them and pay a few bucks or something like that. But there's some of these ranches are so big, they've got like 25-mile trail systems on them, which is pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. Even former President George W. Bush uh, has his own ranch with mountain bike trails and everything on them. And yeah, again... Nobody except Bush and his buddies get to ride on them. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of really great stuff, but you got to know who to talk to and have a, have an in, I guess. So, but there are some again, uh, and one of them is Palo Duro Canyon. You know about that, Greg? Yeah, this is another one that's on my hit list because I've actually driven through that area quite a few times. It's in the, up in the panhandle of Texas. Closest big town is Amarillo. And it has about 25 miles of trails, and it sounds surprisingly technical. I know John Fish, one of our writers, has ridden there before and uh, did an article about it or included it in an article. And he says there's some pretty chunky trails because it the trails drop into the actual canyon that's named after and then climb back out again. And from the photos I've looked at, it looks like a beautiful spot in sort of like an unassuming area. So uh, would love to get there. Yeah, I've definitely driven through there. And like you said, the only thing I can imagine is if the trail does drop into a canyon, which sounds like it does, and that could be a lot of fun. Uh, another place in Texas that I've heard good things about but don't know a whole lot about is Big Bend National Park. And this was one of the first national parks that began allowing mountain biking within the park. And again, it's in Texas. And from what I've read, though, a lot of the the quote unquote mountain biking is actually on uh, like forest roads, gravel roads, and it's not it's not a whole lot of single track. But again, I I could be wrong because people do people do report you know having a good time riding at Big Bend National Park. So I'm interested to go there myself and check it out. Yeah, I was actually just talking with one of our contributors, Scott Cotter, about the riding in the area. The closest town is Terlingua, which is a big old city of 58 people. <laughs> and so there's trails in the park, but there's actually quite a bit of single track like in the national forest outside of the park too. So um, once you start looking at like the town as a whole, it like all comes together. Not all of it's national park riding, but apparently there's a lot of good stuff down there. I know they do like a festival, I think this time of year, every year too. A uh, good winter spot. Hmm. Yeah, definitely worth looking into. All right, we're going to take a break real quick, but when we come back, we're going to talk about mountain bike trails around some of the cities within the central USA. So if you've got a work trip coming up or traveling with your family and want to check out some of the local single track, we're going to point you in the right direction. So stay tuned. Make the Keweenaw Adventure Company the base camp for your next visit to the Emba Silver Level Ride Center at Copper Harbor, Michigan. Ride to the Copper Harbor Trails from your Keweenaw Adventure Company cabin or cottage rental, or catch a lift to the top of the mountain bike shuttle. Mountain bike guide services also available. Additionally, the Keweenaw Adventure Company offers a variety of sea kayak tours on the world's greatest lake, Lake Superior. Glide across the crystal clear water, explore barrier islands, sea arches, and lighthouses, and complement your day on the trails with a revitalizing sunset paddle. Book your guided tours, equipment rental, and lodging at KeweenawAdventure.com and use promo code SINGLETRACKS for a discount. That's KeweenawAdventure.com. Look for the link in the show notes. We're back. So let's start off by talking about some of the bigger cities within the central USA. The top of our list is Chicago. You know, we've done some research and talked to people with the Chicago area mountain bike riders club, which is called Camber. Gotten some really good information from them. Greg, what's one of the top trail systems that you've heard of in the Chicago area? Yeah, one of the most well-known trail systems is called Palos Hills, and it's about 20 miles from downtown Chicago. And despite being that close to a major metropolitan area, there's over 30 miles of single track there, which will definitely keep you busy. I mean, I hear it gets packed out with people on the weekend, as you might imagine, but it, I'm sure it's a great resource to have 
close to Chicago. And the club that manages it is called Camber, which is a Chicago area mountain bike riders, I believe. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and they, they host a lot of races at Palos. Um, again, yeah, it's sort of the go-to spot. So if you're in town you want to meet other mountain bikers or just ride somewhere where you're not going to worry about getting lost or having a mechanical problem on the trail, go out to Palos and you're sure to find some other people out there. A couple other notable trails or trail systems in the Chicago area. One is called Big Marsh, and this is a relatively new trail system, bike park type place. The name like Big Marsh, it doesn't sound like it would be great for mountain biking, honestly, because marshes are not good for riding. But uh, from what I understand, they have a pump track there and like a bunch of jump lines and stuff. So definitely a good place to go and, you know, spend a half a day or something, bring the kids and check out the riding there. There's also a place called Raceway Woods, which has like an eight mile loop. And it's from the sounds of it, Raceway is more of a, you know, cross country type place where you can go and just like really mash pedals and like get a good ride in, a good fast ride, but still be close to Chicago. Another city on our list is Kansas City, where there's actually a surprising amount of single track in the metro area, right, Greg? Yeah, I still haven't ridden there yet, uh, despite having driven through Kansas City maybe a dozen times, maybe more. But uh, we have a lot of people that have ridden there that work for single tracks. And according to the reports, there's over 130 miles of single track within 25 miles of downtown Kansas City, which is sort of the radius we use to define a lot of things on the website. And some of those trail systems include Swope and Landau Preserve. And in general, the trails there are pretty chunky and technical. Like you'd think they'd be smooth, but some of the photos I've seen look just kind of scary because <laughs> there's a lot of um, – what is it? I think – I want to say it's shale or, shale or yeah, limestone. Sounds right. I think it's shale. Yeah. Okay. But it's very sharp sort of rocks that will jut out of the earth at like strange angles. So you might be used to like riding sort of rounded rocks and rounded rock gardens. These are more like shred you and tear you up rocks <laughs> that you do not want to fall on. Yeah, square edge rocks are not easy to navigate on a mountain bike. So from all reports, it sounds like a, a pretty good spot despite being you know in the plains of Kansas. So. Yeah, and and being so close to a major city, you know, Kansas City is is a huge city, and yeah, to have that available is pretty awesome. Another city on our list is Minneapolis, and the city of Minneapolis is actually a gold level bicycle friendly community, which is pretty awesome. And I think a big part of that is there's this like massive system of interconnected greenways that go throughout the city and you can pretty much get anywhere in the city by bike which is awesome and then not only that a lot of the single track is accessible off of those greenway paths so one of the places i rode during a trip to minneapolis a few years back is a place called theodore worth and there are purpose-built mountain bike trails there in the park it's only like two miles at most from the center of like downtown Minneapolis and the trails there, you know, is good bit of rolling terrain. So they're not completely flat and the trails are also great for fat biking in the winter. That's actually when I was there and, uh, yeah, the trails were in great shape, a lot of fun for fat biking and they're really well groomed. I don't know. I don't know if they're like officially groomed, but I think just because so many people ride there, and, you know, it's close to just such a big population center that trails stay pretty well packed in and well ridden year round. Another place within Minneapolis, uh, there, there are a few others actually. Lebanon Hills is a trail system that we've heard good things about. Elm Creek and then also the Minnesota River Bottoms, which is sort of a trail system. I get the impression that, you know, while there are some official trails, there's also a lot of unofficial stuff in the area um, just because, you know, it's it's like river bottoms land where nothing's going to be built and it's just kind of open country. And so I've heard, I've heard there's really good riding there. And again, you can access it from the Greenway Paths. St. Louis, Missouri is another big city on our list. And honestly, so I, I wrote an article, did some research, talked to some of the mountain bike clubs there. 
uh, to, to figure out what are the five best mountain bike trails in the St. Louis area as part of our five to ride series. And honestly, there isn't a lot close to town. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's not a big deal. Not everybody lives, you know, in downtown. So maybe it doesn't matter. Or if you're visiting for business, you know, there's a chance that you're out in the suburbs, you know, staying in a hotel and working with your client or whatever. So in St. Louis, honestly, the best stuff from what I've heard, one of the best trail systems is a place called Castlewood State Park. And it's about 25 miles away from St. Louis. And this is one of the closest places, again, that we've been told is worth riding in the St. Louis area. But it sounds like there's a lot of trail there, definitely worth the trip. Also, there are a couple of trail systems called Matson Hill and Lost Valley. And both of these places are really highly rated. And again, these are cool because apparently you, they're pretty close together. So you can connect the two. If you're looking for a really big ride, you can jump on the road or I believe it may be like a greenway path or something between the two. But again, these are far from St. Louis, about 40 miles. So by that point, you know, if you, if you are in downtown St. Louis, by that point, you might be better off going to like Berryman, which is one, one of the Imba epics that we mentioned earlier. Speaking of an urban riding experience, we have Cleveland, Ohio, and Cleveland is the home to Ray's Indoor Mountain Bike Park. Tell us a little bit about that, Greg. Yeah, this is a super unique spot that we have listed on the website as a mountain bike trail, but it's totally artificial, built up uh, mountain bike area inside of a big warehouse. And in the name of research, I just watched a pretty rad video earlier today of somebody just shredding rays. And it's, it's a really neat place. I would love to go and check it out. I'd probably break myself off as I've had friends that have broken their front teeth off at rays. But mm. um, you know, there's wooden features with uh, jump lines, pump track. It seems like the jump lines and pump tracks all blur together into one massive sea of wood. <laughs> And this pro rider I saw riding them was like gapping from one line to like the line three lines over. You know, <laughs> it was seemed to you won't want to do that with people around. It seemed like he had the whole place to himself. But um, unique riding experience, especially great for riding in the winter. Yeah, and in in addition to the pump track and jumps and stuff like that, I believe they even have like a cross country loop or what they call a cross country loop, or maybe there's more than one of them where. Supposedly you can get in some pretty good mileage. You know, I've seen, seen like Strava traces from people who have ridden there and it's like, you know, just this massive like spider web of, of trail or whatever you want to call it. But you know, you can get some miles in there, which is pretty awesome in the winter or whenever it's raining or, or what have you. What I find also interesting about Ray's is it was one of the first places where the people did this, like built a true like indoor mountain bike zone. And since then, like a bunch of people tried this all across the nation. And one of our writers, Chris Daniels wrote an article about like six or seven of them across the nation. But since he wrote that article, it was like over half of them have shut down, uh, which is pretty wild, but the original raise is still going. So, which is cool. Keep it up guys. Yeah. Even, even Ray himself or, you know, the Ray, the Ray's brand, if you want to call it that attempted another facility in Milwaukee. And I think that only lasted like a couple of years before they shut it down. So it's definitely something unique. And for right now, one of the only places you can do it is in Columbus, Ohio. So worth checking out. Sticking to Ohio, Cincinnati is another place that people may find themselves when visiting the central USA. Uh, the mountain bike club there that's really active is the Cincinnati Off-Road Alliance, known as Cora. Again, we did a Five to Ride article about the Cincinnati area, and some of the trail recommendations we received in doing that uh, were for Deval Park, a place called England Idlewild, which has a pump track and some single track trails and other stuff like that there. One of the places I do have some personal experience with is a place called Caesars Creek, which is located about halfway between Dayton and Cincinnati. And Caesars Creek didn't actually make our list of the top five because there are apparently there are five trails that are better than Caesars Creek. But I know I had a blast there and I know some people did mention it, you know, when we were sort of gathering some survey data. A few people did say 
that Caesars Creek was a great place to ride. So definitely if you're, if you're closer to Dayton, maybe uh, Caesars Creek is worth checking out. And then another thing to note is that Brown County, Indiana is about a two hour drive from Cincinnati. So uh, that, that may be a good jumping off point for people if they want to experience, you know, a real truly high class uh, mountain bike trail system. Okay, so jumping back to Texas, Texas is home to a number of big cities. You know, you've got Dallas and Houston and San Antonio, but again, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of like really notable trails in those areas that, at least from what we found in our research, in Houston, there is a really active mountain bike club called Gorba. That's the Greater Houston Off-Road Bicycle Association. And uh, some of the trails that they build and maintain that are, you know, really highly rated, highly respected are a place called Cypress Creek and Jack Brooks. Uh, there's also another place called the Ant Hills. And one really interesting thing when Hurricane Harvey came through, a lot of these trail systems were pretty devastated. You know, they, the whole city of Houston is located in a really low lying area. And so, some of these trails were really wiped out after the hurricane, but we actually wrote, I think, yeah, I wrote an article about sort of how the club came together after the hurricane. And one of the cool things was the first thing they did was not like, hey, we need to organize some trail work days. The first thing they did was uh, they organized to help each other out to, you know, clean out people's flooded homes and make sure people had places to stay. And then they got to the trails. And what's crazy is, they got to the trails like a week later or two weeks later, you know, like it was all that stuff was back up and running really quickly. And from what I understand, it's, you know, as good or better than it ever was. So really cool. If you're in the Houston area to check that out and to support the local bike club there, um, however you can in Dallas, one of the more popular trails is called the North shore trail and that's in grapevine. So sort of the greater Dallas area. There's also a place called Boulder park which sounds like it makes a really good use of a small area. You know, it's there's 12 miles at this trail system. It's separated in sort of two loops. There's like a beginner loop and an advanced loop. But the cool thing is it's only 10 miles from downtown. So unlike some of these other central U.S. cities that we've talked about, um, there are decent trails, you know, pretty close to town, which is cool for Dallas. All right, Greg, one last one on our list, Oklahoma City. What does Oklahoma City have for mountain bikers? Yeah, there are a number of trail systems around Oklahoma City, actually, um, which some people might find surprising. But like we said, there's great trails just about everywhere you go. One of the best ones in that area is called the Lake Stanley Draper Trails. And they have around or greater than 15 miles of single track there. Lots of flowy through the woods. From what I've seen, like hard-packed um, clay-style trails, which is familiar to us who have ridden in Georgia before. But in addition, they have quite a few features. They have some big wooden features that include bridges, ladder drops, some big jump lines, bermed trails, um, some surprisingly built-up stuff, which is pretty cool. So surprising number of these trails that we've talked about are located along the routes that I often drive to get back to Georgia. And normally we're just fixated on busting straight through and getting somewhere. But one of these years, I keep telling myself I'm going to turn it into a longer road trip. And now I'm really inspired. It's like, all right, we're going to be stopping and hanging out for a little while. Yeah, I'm the same way. And what's cool is I feel like over the years we've published a number of articles about doing just that. You know, I know uh, John Fish has written about some great trail systems located off of I-70. I think some of the ones we mentioned here actually fall into that category, like uh, Griffin Bike Park, I believe, is pretty close to I-70, maybe. Could be wrong. Yeah, so definitely check out Single Tracks, and uh, you can find that content there. So there's definitely some good stuff to check out. And, yeah, Switchgrass is along I-40. I don't know if we did an I-40 edition Switchgrass is I-70 as well, but uh, John did do an I-40 edition. You know, those are two of the main east-west routes are I-70 through Kansas and then I-40 down near Oklahoma, and it goes past uh, Palo Duro Canyon that we talked about. So, yeah, two different latitudes. Yeah. Good good stuff along both. 
One of the other categories that we like to cover when we do these uh, regional mountain bike trail roundups is to talk about lift service trails and, you know, resort style stuff. We're seeing that becoming more and more popular as a lot of winter resorts start adding summer mountain biking. So, Greg, what does the Central USA have to offer in terms of like resort style bike park type riding? So I've heard rumor of one over in Michigan somewhere, but uh, a lot of places in the Midwest that like they once had downhill trails, but they don't anymore or don't li- run their lifts for them. It seems like a lot of the places that have tried it, it hasn't stuck very well. Marquette even used to have downhill mountain biking at Marquette Mountain, but I don't believe they do anymore. I think there's still trails on the mountain, but they don't run the lifts anymore. But one place that has been consistent through the years is Spirit Mountain. Maybe it's consistent because their bike park there is relatively new. I want to say like last five years or so. But they built some high quality, uh, professionally built downhill runs, a variety of terrain from easy to expert. Uh, But one cool thing about Duluth and Spirit Mountain is that they actually have lift serve fat biking too, which... I think that's one of the only places anywhere that does that. So uh, on a regular basis, you'll find a lot of people that will, they'll be like, oh, let's do a day of lifts or fat bike, you know, but year two go Spirit Mountain and announced they're going to do it like, I think it's Sunday every week. So, which is pretty, pretty unique, but I guess with a long winter, you got to find ways to adapt. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. I'd love to try that. Sounds like it'd be, it'd be kind of hilarious. Yeah. I, Man, I don't know. It sounds like a great idea, but then you go do it and you're like, this is a lot harder and colder than you'd anticipate it being. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's really sketchy to really get any sort of control when you're getting up to speed on a fat bike on snow. Yeah. We've posted some videos from Spirit Mountain in Duluth of people downhill fat biking. So go check them out. It's uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah. All right, so another category of rides that we like to talk about are bikepacking routes. There are actually a couple that are worth mentioning in the central U.S., right? One of them is the Mata Hay Trail in North Dakota, which is one that I've always wanted to check out. What have you seen about the Mata Hay Trail, Greg? Yeah, I've heard good things. Um, there's like a 100-plus mile race that's held on there too, so you can definitely bikepack it or do the whole thing in one day. Definitely do research on the routes because one corner of the trail, like one end, cuts through the corner of a national park. So you can't like through bike pack it, but you can turn into some loops and do some interesting things with it. Actually, I got to throw some more on this list. But another trail in that region is a Centennial Trail near Sturgis. Now, I actually haven't heard of anyone bike packing this, but it's 111 miles long one way. But again, you know, I feel like we don't hear much about riding in South Dakota. So I'm sure there are people that bike pack in this zone for sure. I think people are trying to keep it as a secret. I think maybe it's it's better than we think it is and they don't want to get the word out. That's probably it. Um, but there's actually some stuff further to the east too, uh, which I didn't throw on our outline. But the Ozark Trail in Missouri pretty sure I've got that right. I've got some friends in Missouri and they do a heck of a lot of bikepacking around there. There's even a hundred mile race on that trail. And uh, I'm not sure about all the logistics of it, but definitely check that out. And there are some long distance trails in Arkansas too. The Wachita Trail, if I'm pronouncing that right, and connects with a few other trails. Again, I've seen reports of people bikepacking these things, but it's not super popular. I think that's one of the fun things about bikepacking though, right? You can create some really unique and interesting routes. And just because there's not like a super popular bikepacking race, like the Colorado trail race on it, doesn't mean that it's not a good spot to bikepack. So let us know if you've ridden any of these places, drop us a comment and fill us in. Yeah. I've heard of a lot of people doing bikepacking up in like the Great Lakes states and all you really need are some gravel roads and you know some of them too people are riding on the shores of the Great Lakes or even just some of the you know smaller lakes that are located within the states and uh yeah like you said it doesn't have to be like an official route like you just get on your bike and ride a couple hundred miles and camp out and that's bikepacking right 
Yeah, and I mean, we even talked about the Canva Trail system that has over 100 miles of single track, and there's a ton of gravel roads up there. I mean, you know, I'm not the kind of bike packer that's bike, you know, riding 100 miles a day. I'm more in like the 25 to 30 mile a day zone. So I could easily put together a three to four day bike pack just in the Canva Trail network. So I could see that being a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a great point. So one of the states that we didn't mention at all is Iowa. Greg, why do you think it is that there doesn't seem to be a lot of mountain biking in Iowa? Yeah, Iowa and Nebraska. And, um, you know, there's there's definitely mountain biking to be had in both of those spots. But some of the other places that we talked about that are generally considered Great Plains, like Oklahoma or Kansas or North Dakota, South Dakota, the places where we see the trails fall in those states are on really interesting geographical anomalies that don't necessarily epitomize that state. So Kansas City, there's a river going through there, which a lot of the trails are built along the river. We talked about switchgrass, which is on a reservoir. Black Hills of South Dakota, not like most of South Dakota. So a lot of the places where we find the great trails, it's like there's something random happening that's creating some really interesting topography. But we don't see a heck of a lot of that around Iowa. So not awesome. Yeah. I mean, a quick check of the single tracks trail database shows over 80 trails in Iowa and a number of them do seem to be clustered along the Eastern border of the state, uh, where you're, you know, at the Mississippi river. So there is some topography as sort of the land drops off toward the river there. But, but yeah, that's none of that's to say that we're, we want to bag on Iowa or anything. Um, a lot of these, these trails, they do exist and they're great for local riders. Um, but yeah, none of them really have made a name for themselves, I guess, beyond the state of Iowa yet. But as we've seen, that could change, you know, um, all it takes is some dedicated riders, maybe a little bit of money and, you know, a good marketing campaign and, and voila, you have a mountain bike destination. So I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we started hearing more about, you know, some rad place to ride in Iowa and people start flocking there to check out the trails. Yeah, I think you're totally onto it, Jeff. And what I think is really interesting and that might affect this stuff is like the quality of the trail building in some of these different places. So from the stuff I've read about a lot of the trails in Iowa, it's like, yeah, there's trails, but they're sort of the old school, like we hacked in this trail with a bunch of tools like type deal. Whereas now we're seeing big influxes of money and really high quality trails, which helps the word spread. We talked about Cuyuna Lakes and Duluth in Minnesota. And between those two, there's a whole bunch of trails that are going to be built in the next few years. And we wrote an article on single tracks about, I want to say, what, millions of dollars? I want to say it was a few million dollars is going to be poured into that zone. Yeah. We wouldn't write about it if it was anything less than a million dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you, you got to <laughs> spend some money. But that's what that's what's interesting is like a lot of these places – uh, you wouldn't think about for mountain biking, but they're like, we're going to dump millions of dollars into it. And pretty soon you've got some awesome trails. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great time to be a mountain biker, as we've said many, many times. Well, that concludes our rundown of some of the best mountain bike trails and destinations within the central USA. We'd love to get your input as well. Let us know if we missed any trails or what do you think the up-and-coming mountain bike destinations are in the central USA? As always, please remember to rate the Single Tracks podcast. We'd love to have you help us spread the word. That's all we have this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace. Peace.